Hello everybody and welcome to episode 10 of This Black Bear Has 28 Minutes, a Kootenai Arts and Culture podcast. This podcast is brought to you by an amazing team of students of the Selkirk College Creative Writing Program, alongside amazing collaborators from the, across the Kootenais. I'm Tara May Box. And I'm Cody Bruner, and we'll be your hosts for today. If you're looking for ways to connect and get inspired in the Kootenays and beyond, look no further. Each episode features interviews, readings, reflections, and more. First up, we have a radio play entitled Double Booked, written by Jaden Schulhauser, featuring Oshi Spring, Cass Dunn, Leanne Filder, Cass Haskins, Stevie Poling, Shauna Wilson, and of course, Jaden. We gather here today to celebrate the life and legacy of John Smith. To begin, I would like to invite up any who would like to speak about John and his effect on their life. <sighs> okay. I lived my whole life in Evershire and never found a friend as steady as John. Even when he started working half his time away in Otherton, It hardly changed a thing between us. When he wasn't away, I knew I had a friend to lend a hand, if and I was needing one, in any sort of way. He was always more generous with his time. He'd come over and help me with home improvements that I was up to and treated the wife and kids like a proper gentleman. He he helped shovel the drive and roof for, for a winter when I buggered my knee a few years back. Our twice a month scrabbled nights. You wouldn't get it. It was, it was something of beauty. The mountains could fall, and I still knew he'd be battling wits on the Scrabble pitch. Always the way he was always bringing in the most outlandish words. How he learned him, I have no clue. A man of letters, I suppose. <laughs> letters. And triple word scores. only lucky that someone so sharp as he found friendship with someone such as myself. And John was never one to shy away from adventure either. We'd occasionally break out the cribbage or a crossword puzzle or even Sudoku. Oh, John, my first and third Tuesday evenings will never be the same. May you rest in peace. And I hope St. Peter can give you a run for your money on scribble nights. Yes, constancy and dependability are rare traits in these times. A man's actions at any moment may fluctuate, perhaps even bringing forth brief appearances of greatness. But it is who he is, time and again, that provides the clearest window to his soul. And now, another word? Yes. It seems right to me we should call this a celebration of life. For if there was a thing John knew to do, it was to celebrate life, enjoying it to the full. Like what was just said, John was never one to shy from adventure. When he wasn't working away in Evershire, he'd always be coming up with plans that would get the adrenaline pumping and usually scare the bejesus out of us. Well, out of me at least. If it were skiing, he'd without fail 
find the biggest cliff on the mountain to jump off. It's wonder you'd not broken more bones. And then there were cliff jumping and hang gliding and parachuting and all the like. Back in the 20s, he'd always be calling me up, begging me to join him and saying he might have caught the plague so we could take a few days off and go out and live a little. You only live once, he'd say. And at the time, we'd played hooky for a whole week to protest at the Capitol. And I doubt we ever hit up the same pub in Otherton twice in a year. The other consistency in our weekend outings was that he'd never down the same beer in a night out. And let me tell you, that was no mean feat many a time. Oh, dearest John, I pray the pearly gates bring you into more celebration than you'd ever had on this mortal coil. Mm, interesting. Far too often, we treasure too greatly either the familiar or the unknown. It seems that John had transcended this dichotomy and has in his apparently many facets found some measure of balance between the rhythms that give life its normalcy and the novelties which color it so spectacularly. And yes, you, sir? Ma'am? John wasn't just my cousin. He was my best friend. And I ponder during this time, I consistently find that John was the most genuinely caring friend I've ever had. I think that he single-handedly brought me through the most difficult time in my life when my dear Jane died, bless her soul. John was there after the flowers and the cards stopped, he didn't. He'd come by, listen, even hold me as I wept, bring a lasagna that he and his lovely wife Mary had made. What a wonderful lasagna, it was delicious. And what a team they were for years afterwards in my loneliness. I knew that when John was home in every shire, I had a true friend, a home, a brother. We'd spend many a meal wrestling with the problems of this world and often even coming up with what seemed like a good solution or two. He always cared so deeply for the downtrodden and made a point of visiting old souls who had no one or taking a homeless chap out for a meal. During that terrifying plague back in the 20s, he even set up and manned all by himself a vaccination clinic in his front yard, a paragon of compassion and courage too. May your soul rest in peace, dearest John. And if you ever get back a fraction of what you were given away in this life, I think you'll be a happy man in heaven. Mm. I'm a privileged man, a better man for being here today. It appears that John was a man for all seasons maintaining passion and stability, and with such admirable love for his neighbors and for all of humanity, apparently. I trust you are all as inspired by his legacy as I am. <laughs> Shall we have another? Ah, yes, here we are. Oh, so sad to see my best mate go. <laughs> we was like brothers, we was. But now, Johnny boy, you're in a better place, so. Good on you, I guess. Funny thing, this life, innit? Well, Johnny and I go way back to when he first started working way up in Overton. I met him at Appleshire, and afterwards, there was no tearing us apart. I reckon we didn't know each other sober until we came to being mates. But by then, it was too late. We was inseparable by then, we was. But anyhow, he was as much a champ sober and in all the day today. Oh, the times we had. 
I never knowed a man who could dance as good as and as long as him. And with the liquor he could hold. Oh my god, the lucky prick. And speaking of lucky prick, that slap bug is devilish charm and good looks. Regular Casanova he was. I don't think at any time I went out clubbing with him that we went home together. He was always dancing and sweet-talking some bloody gorgeous young thing. Sometimes, too, into the night with him. Why, you? Uh, uh, excuse me, miss. I am John's wife. I will not have that man lie about my John at his bloody funeral. <clears throat> Excuse me, mad madam and, and sir, please let us put aside our petty differences of opinion in, in honor of the dead. Uh, uh, my apologies. Let us continue. Well, it is indeed rare to find those who can so fully drink the best gifts of this life. Now, uh, madam, why don't you come and speak a word about your dear John? Well, I must ask you all ignore that utter tripe from this so-called mate. As these others have so kindly put, everyone who has ever known John has known him to be the most impeccable character, a pillar in our community, nay, more an exemplar. I could almost always hear the neighbor boys talk as they passed our house. I want to be like John Smith when I grow up. He would work his long hours away and come home and make sure I didn't lift a finger until his next shift. And he would always have time and attention to spare for me and the children. Oh, the way he loved the children. Our children! <laughs> Think of the children! Oh, John, why'd you leave us so soon? And I doubt there's been a better husband, a true life partner, a tender yet untamed lover. <laughs> Yes, John, my beloved husband. The world will never have your equal. The children and I will make it by, yes. But we will forever be ruined for all else because of you. You damnably wonderful man. May you hold us closely from afar. God knows we need you in this time. And what a brilliant display, atop of so much already shared. A person may be well loved by their friends, but by those who know them best, be known as a tyrant or a figure of stone without presence or love. But clearly this dearly loved John was more even to his wife and children than he was to his friends. Having heard what I have, without duplicity I now echo the resounding refrain, John, you will be dearly missed. Now, is there anyone else? Ah, yes. Young miss? Yes, come on, don't be shy. Um, hello. John and I met after he'd been working away in Evershire for a while. He was always friendly and a good listener, full of dreams and just so much fun. His energy could light up any room he went into. I always knew he had so much to give to the world, and we both agreed that hoarding love ruins it. So after we first connected and things were looking stable, we both knew we wanted to keep it open. I knew it was best. I didn't want to keep all that love to myself. I'm so pleased to hear about all the other women he made happy during- You shut your mouth, you wench! Another one here slandering my John uh, at his funeral! Uh, Father, please uh, send this woman uh, out! Uh, 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 he kept coming back to me after years of many others, and I just feel so privileged to have had him for so long, to be someone to fill him up. He could keep, so he could keep pouring out into the world. You be silent! Father, 
I beg you, send out these devils that have come bent on the desecration of my dearest John's memory. I will not have it. Uh, um, you know what? I think I have just realized we have a problem here. With some of these disparate accounts of this John Smith, I've come to think that I suppose that it is possible that it may be that I may have double booked a funeral. Why, I've held five funerals this morning already, with two of them being for other Johns, in fact. And Smith is, of course, as you are all well aware, also a common surname. And of course, there's a great deal of commuting between shifts, Otherton and Evershire. As anyone acquainted with our locale is well aware, I am beginning to think that this may be all just a terrible misunderstanding. Yes, yes, that's it. Just a misunderstanding. It's all my fault, really. I'm terribly sorry. So what you're telling me is I drove four hours to the wrong funeral? Because you and your altar boys can't organize a funeral properly? Yes, that is precisely what he is telling you. And you too, you loose young trollop. <laughs> Whoa! Uh, you know you ain't got things mixed up the wrong way around? Maybe it's you that came to the wrong funeral. Uh, yes, that, that, that might be a possibility. Well, no worries all, I've got a solution. We can rest easy tonight, whether or not we've wasted a day driving, because for the knobhead, you can't pray and plan funerals at the same time. How about let's just skip to the viewing part of the ceremony? I don't think I'll mind, given that whoever this poor sod actually is is probably off taking hop lessons about now, rather than watch this shit show. Well, father, it's all ever gander, yeah? You know what? I think that may be the solution before us. Yes, come let us observe our beloved. John? John? John. John. <laughs> John? First off, can we give a round of applause to all the fantastic players who helped that piece come to life? And a special thanks to Jaden for writing and sharing such a great piece with us. Hopefully this isn't the last time we hear from him. Agreed. Great work, everyone. Next up, we have the return of your favorite segment, Conversations with Writers, hosted by the lovely Kendra Johnson, featuring Raven Elmar and Jennifer Hammersmark. She will be asking him the hard-hitting question, what is your writing process, and do you have any weird writing habits and or rituals? Hey, Black Bears. This is Kendra, and we're back with another segment on Conversations with Writers. Our question for today is, what is your writing process? And following on that question, do you have any weird habits related to writing or like weird writing rituals? We will start with one of my fellow students, Raven. Hello, Raven. Hi. My writing process is kind of unconventional in that I don't make particularly rough first drafts. I like to write like 
each line at a time and go over it meticulously until I'm happy with it. Because I find mm-hmm. that if I just try to write the whole thing in one in one go, pretty much, it doesn't flow right. And then it's just such a mess that I can't go back at it and edit it. Like I will have lost all of the enthusiasm to write it that I had while writing the first draft. So Yeah, yeah. And also, I write my chapters very out of order. I'll write a paragraph up here, and then I'll write like five different versions of it <laughs> and pick the one I like. And looking back at my old work, it just, or like my unfinished work, I mean, it just looks like the ramblings of a madman. <laughs> oh, I feel like that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'll have just a bunch of question marks where missing words are and the same thing written five times and everything's out of order. And, like, I'll have a piece of one paragraph near the top and then, like, the other versions of it down below somewhere else and big spaces in between. So, yeah, that's those are my rough drafts. They are very rough. It's like, yeah. I go from... I go from crazed ramblings to pretty complete and polished there's no in between (laughs) oh so like you don't write your stuff and then like I guess I'm talking about workshop like write it and then submit it and then you know go over the revision process a few times it just all happens at once I do like submit it to workshop I just don't make as drastic revisions because like I have to submit the more polished version because if I do if I Submit my madman ramblings. No one's going <laughs> to understand it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, madman ramblings can be interesting. <laughs> not co- coherent enough to mm-hmm. give feedback to. Yeah. Yeah. That makes um, a lot of sense. As for rituals, um, this isn't so much a writing ritual as it is planning, but I plan. Hey. 98% of my plot lines and scenes while I'm walking and listening to music. Ideally, in my basement, it's like a circle, so I do a lap around it. But when I'm on campus, I just do it in the um, soccer field. That's um, amazing. I love that. It's like, yeah. Because of, because I listen to music while I do it, I always like, try to curate the music to fit the scene mm-hmm. and then and so I end up consequentially having tons of songs that I closely associate with specific moments of my book mm-hmm. and if I listen to that song I'll get like I guess almost nostalgia that scene it'll come back so clearly you'll have to when you publish your book you'll have to um, make those into playlists and <laughs> write it into your book or something. I've had uh, books, I've read books that do that before. And I think it's so cool because then you can turn on the playlist while you um, read the book, you know? Yeah, that's interesting. I've got one project in particular where like the songs, I've got so many songs for it that fit so perfectly and it's great. Most of them are from the same band for some reason. I don't know why, but it just <laughs> fit perfectly. 
Um, to do a collaboration or something. <laughs> <laughs> You're famous. Oh, and not really a weird ritual, but I do try to write every day roughly around the same time. However, that same time tends to fluctuate between like one in the afternoon. It'll be that for a while, and then it'll switch to like 10 at night. <laughs> <laughs> And but at least you're writing every day. That's yes. that's great. I have I have a goal for myself that I have to write at least one sentence every day. And that takes the pressure off of having to write like yeah. setting a goal for like, I don't know, mm-hmm. however many words. But if I just write one sentence, then usually that will lead to me writing more. So it's a fairly effective strategy where sometimes I do just write one sentence. So that's not as great. <laughs> That was Raven with um, his response to the question, which I think was really interesting and also a good idea. I, I am not a person who writes every day. So I really think, you know, just starting with one sentence and seeing where it takes you, maybe, maybe you're done after that sentence, maybe you just go forward. I think that's a great thing to keep in mind for people who want to keep up the writing habit. Uh, Next, we will have Jen to answer the question. Hey, Jen. Hey, Kendra. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Love this question. Yeah. Writing habits and weird writing rituals. Loving it. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been writing for a long time since I was a little kid. I was one of those angsty teenagers who burst out all of my my feelings through poetry. And one of the things that I realized very young was um, often I would either couldn't fall asleep or I'd wake up in the middle of the night with some kind of poetry running through my head. And um, typically I would get up and turn the light on and grab a pen and paper. This is before computers, remember. Um, and, uh, and write out the poem and it would just birth right out of me. A couple of times when I was really tired, I didn't. And I thought really hard about whatever the lines were that I would get up and do it in the morning. And that was a huge mistake because in the morning when morning came, it was gone. The, the poem was definitely not there anymore. So I didn't make that mistake again. So yeah, getting up in the middle of the night and writing if something's running through my head has always been super important to me, both with poetry and I also do blogs as well. So if the idea hits me wherever I am, I need to actually start writing it then. I don't have to complete it necessarily, poems usually, but if it's a blog poster idea, um, I'll at least get a lot of it out so that I don't lose the thought or the ideas yeah. or the... Yeah, the yeah. train of thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've heard that's a great idea. Um, I think I've only done it once, but I definitely regret when I don't, um, which is all the time. <laughs> but yeah, I always <laughs> think I'll remember and I never do. And it's funny too. I mean, I, I'm very curious about the brain. Like, how does that work? Why, why can I be sleeping? And all of a sudden I wake up and there's a poem running through my head. Like, that's kind of freaky. But anyways, that's for a different topic, maybe. <laughs> Part of um, um, what I would say is my weird writing ritual is that I have to be in my house coat and not showered and dressed and ready. If I get showered and get dressed, I think like I have to go somewhere. I have to leave the house or I have to do things. 
but if I'm like messy and it's the morning and I have my coffee or whatever, and I'm in my house coat, that's when I'm going to do my writing. That's when I'm going to dive into things. And I tell you, I've created some amazing things in my house coat. <laughs> <laughs> it needs like a, um, I guess you could embroider on it or something, some sort of um, official, <laughs> what's the word when you name like when you name a boat or something, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's about it for my process and and my weird writing rituals. I guess maybe I could say a tiny bit more about process in that I'm often amazed when I go back to pieces of writing that they're much better than I thought they were when I wrote them, mm-hmm. when I published them, which is kind of weird to me. Sometimes I know I'm birthing out a blog post because I just need to and I have a deadline and it's not maybe fantastic but other ones I go back and read after I'm like oh I wrote that that was like really good and so I'm, yeah. I, I think I'm just surprised in my process sometimes and I often don't go back and redo them though usually when I birth something out it's kind of like that's it I do have a friend that I um, once in a while especially if it's something I'm stumbling over she's a really good um, proofer editor for me and I'll run it by yeah. her first. And then um, she'll add some few things in her say, what, what does this mean? This doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So that's really helpful. And it's cool to have a friend like that. So yeah, yeah. that's it for me. I get my uh, sister to help me with that, actually, because she loves to correct grammar. And also she's, I think her mind works similarly to mine. So I think we sort of have a common, you know, idea of where the piece needs to go. It's great to have someone like that. Okay. Agreed. Thank you, Kendra. Yeah, thank you, Jen. This is Kendra, and this has been our segment, uh, Conversations with Writers. See you next time. Well done, Kendra. Way to ask the hard questions. I may have to adopt some of those writing habits myself. They seem like they might come in handy during writer's block. Agreed. It's always so cool to hear other people's processes. Well, that's going to be all we have for now, folks. An enormous thank you to everyone who contributed to today's episode. If you liked what you heard, you can find a lot of the work on our website, blackbearreview.ca. An extra special thanks to Kootenai Band, The Hilties, for the use of their songs Hocus Pocus and Ride the Wave. You can find their recent album Sunshine at thehilties.bandcamp.com. That's spelled H-I-L-L-T-I-E-S. Go check them out and support local music talent. And thank you to everyone who helped out on the producing of this episode, especially Jaden Schulhauser for his radio play, our esteemed voice actors Oshi Spring, Cass Dunn, Leanne Filder, Cass Haskins, Stevie Poling, and Shauna Wilson, Kendra Johnson for her segment, and Raven Elmar and Jennifer Hammersmark for answering her difficult questions this week, Cass Haskins for being a fantastic podcast manager and producer, Lisa Dean and Renee Harper, our faculty advisors, Tara May Box, our managing editor and co-host, and Cody Bruner, our other co-host. If you want to read your own work on our podcast, don't hesitate. You can send your pieces to theblackbearreview at gmail.com. That's blackbearreview at gmail.com, all one word, with a subject line podcast guest reader submission. And don't forget to check out our page, blackbearreview.ca, for all your Kootenai poetry, fiction, nonfiction, and art needs. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And of course, join us again next episode for more amazing conversations and performances. We're so excited to share another season of inspiration and artistic expression when we meet again. 
Goodbye for now. Be safe out there, be kind, be resilient, and never stop being creative.